Well, I'm not sure if we're there yet or not, but we'll start now. Okay, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse, and we are joining you right here on Progressive Radio Network. And we're just seeing if our guest, Dr. Ronnie, um, is able to hear the show because she put something in there saying she's not. So we'll check that she I think I can is. Yeah, yep. now. Okay, you are all in. Very good. So thank you so much for joining us right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. And we bring you The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z right here on Progressive Radio every Tuesday from 10 to 11 a.m. if you'd like to join us live, which we'd love to have you there live. But also, uh, we have so much else going on. Every single day, we teach classes, we give lectures, and most of our classes grant CE units for those who need them. Not everybody needs CE units, but if you are a nurse or an acupuncturist or a massage therapist, many of you do need ongoing continuing ed use units, and our classes teach natural health, but you get your units. And if you're someone who doesn't have a license, but you're just interested in natural medicine and natural health, and I know all of our listeners are, that's why you've been joining us this many years. Dr. Zamperin and I have offered this show since 1987. Of course, at that time, we did it as a radio show, which we're still doing it as a radio show. We do many of our shows in a radio studio still, but then everything now has sort of also become a podcast, which is very, very interesting. But how you can find us is go to naturalnurse.com. That's all one word naturalnurse.com and there you can find a lot of the things about us for instance all the books we have written we've written a large compendium on books one is called arthritis the alternative medicine definitive guide and that's really a complete guide about how to get rid of any pain and inflammation with very specific natural protocols then we have information about electromagnetic fields which we know many of you are sensitive to and what kinds of meters you can get in order to measure those electromagnetic fields around your house and your workplace and also shields that you can get clothing shields other kind of shields so what you would do is go to naturalnurse.com look at products and you'll get a a breakdown on books on electromagnetic field meters and shields the natural nurse catalog And then if you go to services, you'll find that we have a class called Career Paths in Natural Health. You know, anything you are doing, you can shift and have a career in natural health, not necessarily as a practitioner or a provider. Let's say you're a graphic design artist. We can show you how to do that same skill and probably make a lot more money by working in the nutraceutical industry. So all day, even though you're doing graphic design, if that's what you focus on or any other specialty you have, you could be surrounded by a discussion of herbs, natural products. You know, that's what goes on in the meetings there. 
So career path in natural health. Then we have natural regulatory nurse. That's one of the main things I do on a daily basis, which is I help different people who are thinking of or already offering natural products in the marketplace. Before you do that, you have to know what you're doing. Uh, We even gave a class last week, which is now available online, called Herbal Uh, manufacturing legal considerations and we have coming up a four class series in natural nurse certification full course and for that you get 18 CEUs and by the time you're done with that you're well on your way to understanding how to become an herbalist either just for yourself and your family or adding herbalist as part of what you offer as a professional if you're already a health professional and that class is is uh, there's a sign up there also under naturalnurse.com then on the 16th which i think is coming up pretty soon here in a couple days we have the american herbalist guild long island we have a totally 100 percent free lecture And for that, just email me through naturalnurse.com and I will send you the free Zoom link. It's 100% free. And we're going to be talking about the magic and mystical herbs for the holiday season. Some of them are very nutritious, such as cinnamon. We'll talk about a lot of the magic like mistletoe. Mistletoe, by the way, has also been used as a cancer remedy. So we're going to go very deeply into all the herbs associated with the Thanksgiving, Yuletide, Hanukkah, all those herbs go very, very deeply into them. And that is a 100% free presentation. And what you have to do for that is go to contact the natural nurse um, on the homepage at naturalnurse.com. And then we will uh, send you what you need in order to Uh, be part of that class which it's just totally a free class so I think there's a contact and you put your name in and your email and the subject and we get that and then I will personally call you or email you um, the free entry into that class which is coming up on November 16th so today we are happy to have on board as our guest Dr. Rudrani Bonick, and she is a medical doctor, and we're going to be talking about debunking the carrot myth, which is really the focus of a book she wrote called Beyond Carrots. Dr. Bannock is a double board certified ophthalmologist and integrative practitioner with over 25 years of experience. Her mission is to empower and inspire individuals to prioritize their eye health through the power of nutrition and lifestyle. And she has been featured as a guest on many shows, such as Good Morning America, The Today Show, and has also been quoted in the New York Times, the CBS Evening News, the Washington Post, Fox, and many other podcasts. And today we're so happy to have her right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, which is probably one of the oldest podcasts that's available anywhere. And of course, you can get this by just going to your podcast little square on your phone and type in The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, and then you will get automatically um, have the, the shows as they come 
up. I see I get a bing and I see them every week as well as our other podcast called Herbally Yours. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Bannock. Well, thank you so much for having me, Nurse Kamai. It's really a pleasure to be here. Now, we did another show together before, but I just want you to know that we have a full hour today, so we're really looking forward to you sharing. I know you have so much information. Let's go back in time and talk about why did you become a doctor? Wow, that's, that's going back quite a long ways. But, um, so my father is a physician. And uh, growing up, um, I was always told, oh, well, you're probably going to follow in your father's footsteps. And so I kind of grew up with the mindset that someday I would be a doctor. But then I, in high school, I kind of had a, a, a slight um, uh, side path that I took. I was really in- interested in, in astronomy. So I started to study astronomy and I said, you know what? I don't think I want to be a doctor. I think I want to be an astronomer. So my parents were saying, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, Let's see what happens when you go to college. So I got to college, and um, I actually had gotten into a medical program at Brown University, an eight-year-long medical program that combined undergrad and medical school. But I was still really interested in astronomy, so I said, okay, I'm going to take all these classes, physics, math, et cetera. And what I realized was that I wasn't cut out to do the science. Um, I could not handle the math, the complicated math, the physics. So I realized, okay, I'm not going to be an astronomer uh, as a you know as a career choice, but maybe I, I can always have it as a hobby. But maybe medicine is really the right path for me. So it's kind of uh, full circle that I ended up being a doctor. <laughs> and beyond being a doctor, why did you choose eye health as a focus of your profession? Yeah, so um, so when I was an undergrad, um, I again, I was thinking that eventually I would go to medical school after the astronomy thing didn't work out. And I started to shadow different doctors just to see what a day in their life was like. So I shadowed primary care doctors, I shadowed pediatricians, uh, dermatologists, psychiatrists. And um, then one of my family friends was doing ophthalmology residency. So he said, oh, you're shadowing, shadowing different doctors. Why don't you come and spend the day with me? So I never really thought about the eye before as a as a career, but um, you know I said sure, why not? So I went with him, and I went. I got up super early. I went to the OR with him. I watched him do cataract surgeries. I watched him him do surgeries on children, and then I went to clinic with him. And it was really incredible the impact that he had on helping people regain their sight, or um, you know ad- addressing a vision problem. And he was seeing patients from, again, children to adults. And I say, you know what? This is what I want to do. I want to have an impact in a way that is really, um, uh, the patients can really appreciate because, you know, there are some conditions, for example, like high blood pressure, where patients may not know that they have high blood pressure, but they get treated anyway. Um, but with vision, if you have a vision problem, most uh, most often you'll have a symptom. You'll have some symptoms. So um, it can really have a what I do, you know, helping people restore their sight and, and improve their sight um, can really have an impact on someone's daily life because we use our vision for everything, basically. And I really feel like our, our eyesight is of the five senses, the most precious of those five senses. And, you know, we really need to um, focus on, on, you know, promoting it rather than just, just to wait for something to happen. Um, so that's that's my story into how I got into eye health. You know, something that people have actually asked me within the last week is, and so we will give this question to you because you are the expert and I'm sure you can give us a big 
complete answer. There, there seems to be a lot of confusion. First of all, not only are you board certified, but you're integrative, which we'll go into later. But mm-hmm. a more general question is, what is the difference between an optometrist and an ophthalmologist? Ah, great question. So there are actually three O's in the eye care world. There are ophthalmologists, there are optometrists, and there are opticians. So I'll start with ophthalmology because that's what I do. Um, So ophthalmologists are medical doctors. We've gone through uh, four years of medical school and then internship and residency, and some of us have done fellowship. And we're um, able to treat all kinds of eye disorders from glasses to medical conditions to doing surgery, so procedures. Um, And optometrists have gone to um, four years of optometry school, and they are basically the primary eye care doctors. Um, they help, they, they do, they prescribe glasses, they can help do basic eye exams, and in, depending on which state that they're in, they may be able to prescribe medications, but um, again, depending on which state they're in, they are not permitted to do most eye surgeries. And opticians are the ones who have gone to opticianry school, and they basically, they help to fit and make the glasses. So if you go to your local um, optical store, it's probably an optician that you're working with who helps to grind the glasses and then fit the glasses. So those are the three O's in the uh, eye care world. That's an excellent explanation. So at a lot of these, you know, like highly commercial big glasses places that are becoming very popular and, -hmm. you know, they're reasonable to go to. And when you go there, they offer a free eye exam. Mm-hmm. But it seems like those would be, well, what would they be? Obviously, not an ophthalmologist, probably. Well, it depends on how complete their eye exam is. Um, you know, when they say free eye exam, it's probably checking glasses for glasses or contacts and then prescribing them so that you purchase their products from that optical store. And usually they'll do a basic Um, eye exam where they'll take a look in the front of the eye, maybe do a glaucoma check with eye pressure. Um, But most places that offer a free eye exam are not necessarily doing a complete eye exam. And a complete eye exam includes dilation. So getting those glasses put in the eyes and so so the doctor can check the back of the eye to look for macular degeneration or diabetes or um, many other medical conditions can be picked up on a complete eye exam. So I'm really interested in that. Because I have to say, over the years, um, I do not like getting that done. I mm-hmm. absolutely, personally, don't like having that done. And in fact, I haven't had it done for probably more than 25 years. Because they always want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I always turn it down. Because I find that it lasts literally for days. That I can't really see. Yeah, well, really alone. <laughs> Okay, so tell us about that. Sure. So so the drops that are used to dilate your pupils, they make your pupils very big. They let a lot of light in so people can be very light sensitive. Also, they have blurry vision after the drops are put in. So it's really difficult to read for a few hours. Now, it, it all depends on which drop they're using. So there are some drops that last two hours. Other drops last four to six hours. Other drops can last up to 12 hours. And some drops can last even two weeks. So um, when if you're sensitive to the drops, now I'll say, um, I know, you know, it isn't a little bit of an inconvenience getting your eyes dilated, it kind of puts you out of commission for a couple of hours. And again, the effects may last several days, but getting a dilated eye exam is really paramount to your health, because 
um, there are, you know, we all say the eyes are a window to the soul. Well, our eyes are really a window to our overall health. And through a complete eye exam, your eye doctor can pick up over 200 medical conditions, ranging from diabetes to high blood pressure, heart issues, autoimmune conditions, and even cancers can be picked up on an eye exam. So I know, um, Nurse Kamai, you haven't been recently, but I would encourage it just because it really is a, a wonderful way to get, a, get a, um, uh, an evaluation of how your overall health is doing. And so how would one request that they get the kind of dilation solution that is does not last for two weeks or three days or you know that's how it lasted on me yeah absolutely so just just ask them for the mildest dilating drop they have and usually i'll give you the specific name of the drop right. that's used it's called tropicamide t-r-o-p-i-c-a-m-i-d-e and it comes in either 0.5% or 1%. So I would choose one of those two to make sure that it's short acting and it's not going to last you hours to days. See, that is really wonderful information. And I'm going to take that that as a um, something that I'm actually going to do. Or maybe I'll wait till I'm back in New York because I spend Florida. Um, I'm Florida in the winter and New York in the summer. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll just come into your facility because you're in New York, right? Yes, I would love that. Yeah, and, then, and then I'll remind you, can you use the mild one? Because another thing I don't like is when people make an appointment, they might drive to their appointment, which happened to me. And nobody told me don't drive here because you can't drive home. Yes, it is. It is something that patients should be warned about. Um I shouldn't say one, but cautioned about, you know, have someone drive you because your eyes are going to be sensitive to light. You're going to be blurry for a couple of hours. Um, and, it, you know, it again, it is something that most, an, a dilated eye exam is so important to health. It's something that all of us should have as adults after the age of 40, every one to two years. Wow. So um, it is kind of, you know, most people get their, uh, regular health checkups, they get their colonoscopies, or maybe some people are getting their mammograms on a regular basis. Well, this should be considered part of preventative care. Um, and similar, similarly to how we all go see the dentist every six months for our cleanings, we should go see our eye doctor every one to two years for the eye checkup. So that's great information. And I will absolutely do that. I will come to your office in Manhattan. Tell us about your center there. Yeah, so I have a um, I have a hybrid practice. I have a private practice located um, in New York City um, on Fifth Avenue and Seventy Sixth Street. That's where I do a lot of my integrative work. So uh, I do eye exams, but I also bring in um, the concepts of nutrition for eye health, lifestyle uh, supplements, botanicals, um, and stress modulation. And then I also teach. So I also am associate professor of ophthalmology at Mount Sinai here in New York. So I teach. I spend half my time teaching. I see patients with the with the, the, the trainees, residents, fellows, medical students, et cetera. And I also do my clinical research there. So I, I have a nice balance between the private practice and also my um, my academic responsibilities. That's wonderful. What a nice setup. And you're able to share a lot of the information that you have. Now, I worked at an integrative center called the Corsello Center for Integrative Medicine. And I was the head nurse there for 23 years. And that was on the corner of 57th and 7th with Dr. Serafina Corsello. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know her, but 
we, there were a lot of holistic doctors at that time, most of whom aren't around anymore because this is a long time ago, um, such as Dr. Atkins was busily practicing in those days and Dr. Ronald Hoffman, who is still around, oh, although he's no yes. longer practicing. Yeah, he knows me very a good well. good friend of mine, yes, mm-hmm. Dr. Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can mention my name to him, he'll remember. And he knew Dr. Corsello, who was mm-hmm. not only his colleague, but his teacher, because Dr. Corsello opened a fully integrative center in Manhattan, you know, one of the first ones. So I'm really, really familiar with that kind of venue. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to um, visiting you at your clinic. And also, you're a prolific author. You've written quite a number of books. And yes. tell us about the book Beyond Carrots. Yes, yeah, so this is my first book. It came out earlier this year. And in the book, um, I go through what is it that we really need to support our eyes from a nutritional standpoint. A lot of people think, oh, if you just eat carrots, you're going to have great eyesight. But that's really the tip of the iceberg. Um, carrots that's, all, be- that's only if you're um, Bugs Bunny. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, carrots are important, yes. I mean, they, they provide beta carotene, which gets converted by the body into vitamin A. And we absolutely need vitamin A for night vision and to prevent dry eye. But there are so many other nutrients our eyes need to stay healthy. So it's really a matter of having a diverse diet to be able to get all of those nutrients. So in the book, I outlined there are over 30 nutrients our eyes need because our eyes are really complex. We have 40 different cell types in the eye, many different working parts um, that provide us with vision. So we need to support each and every one of those parts. And so there are 30 nutrients, but luckily there are over 40 foods that provide those nutrients. So in the book, I go through what the nutrients are, what the foods are. And if you basically rotate through the foods, you'll be ensured that you're providing your eyes with um, complete nutrition. And um, and I just, you know, I, I wrote this book for, for two audiences, really. I wrote it for the, the public, you know, for anyone who wants to learn about eye health and help, you know, maybe they've had an issue before and they want to do something to help prevent it from getting worse, perhaps even reverse it. They can use the concepts and the strategies that I provide in the book. But I also wrote the book for my colleagues in the eye care space, so ophthalmologists and optometrists, because most of us have never been trained in nutrition. Actually, very few of us have. And I feel like I need to get this information out to my colleagues so that they can then educate their patients. Because a lot of patients are coming in now asking, what should I do? What can I eat to help support my eyes? I have macular degeneration or I have cataracts. What can I do? And so now, hopefully, um, my colleagues will have a resource that they can share with their patients as well. Well, it's a beautiful book, and I just want to mention we're going to take a little break right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z so that people can learn more about The Natural Medicine Chest, which is a little piece that we do weekly. And also, you should know that we're here on Progressive Radio Network, and that's prn.fm, where you can listen to our shows, get archives of all of our shows as well as the many other shows they have on Progressive Radio Network. And our guest today is Dr. Rudrani Banik, and you can find her at her website as well. What's the best website for people to find you at? So my, um, I actually just launched a new website, and it's my, my uh, shortened version of my name, which is drronniebanik.com. I'm looking at it right now. We'll talk about that. 
when we come back. So we will be back shortly with more right here on The Natural Nurse at Dr. Z. Find us at naturalnurse.com. On this edition of The Natural Medicine Chest, we'll discuss an herb we all know and love, cinnamon. Ah, the spicy, sweet smell of cinnamon. Everyone recognizes the familiar aroma of this common kitchen spice. But did you know that cinnamon is an exotic plant bark with a long history of medicinal use in many countries throughout the world? Cinnamon was listed as an herb with medicinal properties in Chinese literature as early as 2700 BC. It is described in the Chinese medical text, the Tang Materia Medica, written in 659 AD. Cinnamon also enjoys traditional use in Ayurvedic medicine, the ancient healing art of India. It is mentioned in the Book of Moses and has been cultivated in Ceylon and Sri Lanka since 1200 AD, where much of the world's supply is still grown. In Europe, cinnamon was regarded as a rare and precious spice. Many pharmaceutical substances such as cough syrups and digestive tonics contain cinnamon. It was also used as an incense and in perfumes. According to Chamberlain, writing in France in 1887, cinnamon possesses the greatest antiseptic properties. Cinnamon is gathered from the dried inner bark of the branches of a small tropical evergreen laurel tree. The bark is peeled off and as the pieces are dried, they curl up into quills. These are the common cinnamon sticks that are used in herb teas and for baking. In Chinese medicine, cinnamon is one of the most widely used warming herbs to aid in circulation and digestion. It is a common ingredient in small amounts in tea used for nausea during pregnancy. It is also used following delivery to decrease hemorrhage. Cinnamon raises vitality, warms and stimulates all the vital functions of the body, counteracts congestion, improves the digestive system, relieves abdominal spasms, and aids in peripheral circulation. The essential oils contained in cinnamon include eugenol, cinnaminic aldehyde, methyl eugenol, tannins, and mannitol, which give cinnamon its sweet flavor. It also contains synzenolin and synzenolol, which are both known insecticides. Try putting some liquid soap and cinnamon in a spray bottle and use on plants as an organic bug repellent. Cinnamon is also included in many medicinal recipes that are used for lice, scabies, and other skin parasites. Cinnamon has antifungal, antiviral, and bactericidal activities. It has been shown to suppress E. coli, Staphylococcus, and Candida albicans. So listeners, the next time you inhale that sweet, spicy aroma, remember there's more to cinnamon that meets the nose as you reach into your natural medicine chest. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse. And as always, we're wishing you the best. We love to hear from you. Just go to naturalnurse.com and you can send us a message. Just go to contact and we do get back to you. You can leave a call number. I'll call you directly or an email. And if you'd like to join us for a free 
presentation November 16th. It's around 6 p.m. or 6.30, I think, in the evening. We can send you the link. And that's going to be, you just heard a natural medicine chest about cinnamon. That's one of the many herbs we'll be talking about, herbs for the holidays. They have a tremendous array of all kinds of folklore stories, magical rituals, all kinds of interesting tidbits, as well as the chemistry and why we know they have medicinal activities and how they do that at the membrane and cellular level. And that is a 100% free. It's being sponsored by the American Herbalist Guild, Long Island chapter. So we'd love to have you on board to come and we'll send you the free uh, get in information if you just email us and you can go to naturalnurse.com to get in touch. Today, we are so happy to have as our guest, Dr. Rudrani Banik. She is a medical doctor, and we're talking about her beautiful book called Beyond Carrots. And I could tell, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And I can tell, because I'm looking at your website now, which is D-R-R-A-N-I-B-A-N-I-C, DrRaniBanik.com. And by the way, listeners, our shows, we're live right now, Dr. Bannock and I are right here, live right now. But after the show, um, this particular episode of The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z will be available for you to listen to in our archives. And we do have their links to the website, but it's such an easy book to find. You just put in Beyond Carrots, and Dr. Bannock, you shared that you wrote this for your colleagues, but it looks like a very easy book um, for someone who doesn't have your kind of knowledge to use. Yes, yes. Again, that was my purpose, is to write it in a way, uh, not too much scientific um, language, and just to make it practical and uh, applicable. So, you know, a family may sit together and go through the book and it has lots of vivid, beautiful pictures of foods. And so they can kind of choose and, and pick and choose what they may want included in their diet. Or I have a couple of recipes in the book as well. Um, a handful of recipes that are my favorite. So they can choose from those that will provide um, really with a, a, a what I call therapeutic foods for eye health, meaning that each of the foods that I highlight in the book provides not just one nutrient, but multiple nutrients that can help support your eyes. So they can include those foods in their diet, try out the recipes, and yeah, just have a, 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 a better path to eye wellness through food. Well, if anyone just go ahead and Google the book Beyond Carrots, you'll see the cover. And the cover itself is so cheerful and bright, but I would say it has a lot of meaning because I've had all my clients throughout the 57 years that I saw people individually actually take home um, blank cards with them, like blank uh, index cards. Mm -hmm. and also markers and every time they ate everything all day they would put a color of the food they ate on the card and the homework was to make a rainbow on the card and that's what your book cover looks like yes and i love that concept of eating the rainbow um, and i actually take it a step further in the book um, i call it the rule of 21 so most people eat three meals a day, seven days a week. So that's 21 meals in a week. And what I suggest to people is to do a color challenge. So you're eating 21 different colors during the week. 
So various different shades of green, different shades of blue, red, orange, yellow. Um, if you rotate through the various colors in your diet, uh, and again, try to strive for at least 21 colors in a week, you will guaranteed be supporting your eyes in a very deep um, foundational way. So yes, if we don't thing. cheat. Let me tell you one yes. guy I had once. I'm thinking, I'm sure you know, patients can be pretty funny. And one man came back to me um, after he had that assignment, and he had all kinds of beautiful colors on his index cards. He said, yeah, I ate Skittles every day. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do point that out. Make sure it's not Skittles or M&Ms. Make sure you're eating <laughs> natural foods to try to get those colors in. <laughs> But yeah. I, I have heard that. I definitely have heard patients say that. <laughs> right. And who who are we kidding, right? But mm -hmm. you, your book shows that rainbow effect with all these, you know, things to me that are quite delicious. Now, I feel bad for people who, you know, some people like my grandfather was one of these people, never ate a vegetable. He didn't live too long either. I think he passed away at 67. But, you know, he only ate meat and vegetables, overcooked which are just about devoid of nutrients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I have patients, you know, I ask, the, I ask everyone, I do a diet intake, and I ask, what are you eating? Just give me a rundown on an average day. And um, most people say, yeah, I have plenty of fruits and vegetables. And when I really get into the nitty-gritty, they'll say, oh, yes, I had, a, uh, you know, some lettuce on my burger. And that was their intake of vegetables. Oh, and ketchup, and ketchup. For the, yes, and ketchup. For the week, not just the day, but that was it oh for God. the week. And I said, you have to do better. I mean, there, there are just so many amazing foods you can include in your diet that will that taste good, but also enhance the flavor of other foods. So, um, yeah. It's really a win-win. Well, what are some of the common eye issues that occur? I mean, um, I do go for those eye exams, only not the, the thing that you were talking about where the eye is expended. Yeah, not that, but I'm going to come to you for that. But I have been told that I have the start of cataracts. So mm -hmm. that's something I'm told. It's I'm in my mid-70s already. So my parents got that, and they got surgery when they were 90. <laughs> when they were 90, they got surgery to remove the cataracts, and then they saw 100%. They threw away their glasses. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's so a common Things. Yes, cataracts are very common. And what I tell people is, if you live long enough, you'll you'll develop a cataract. And um, it's not a bad thing. Um, it happens. It's a natural part of the aging process within the eye. But um, you more, normally, most people develop cataracts, as you mentioned, like in their late 60s, 70s, definitely by their 80s, most people have some degree of cataract. But it doesn't necessarily mean, if just because you have a cataract, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have something done about it. You don't have to necessarily have to rush into anything like surgery. And your parents are a testament to this. I mean, they were in their 90s, and that's when they needed cataract surgery. So you can definitely wart or, or postpone cataract surgery or defer it as, as long as possible using the power of food. So there are studies that show that populations that have a high intake of uh, fruits and vegetables, particularly foods with vitamins A and C and E, have lower rates of cataract progression. So make sure you're getting foods that are rich in those nutrients. And also the other important thing with cataracts is um, cataracts are also, um, they also develop from a lot of UV exposure. Um, both UVA and UVB rays. Wait, wait, wait. Let's stop right there because that's an important topic. So now you're talking about not only the foods, not only the vitamins such as A, C, and E, and, and colored vegetables, but you're saying just aspects of modern life. 
Like, what about being in front of a computer all day? Yes. So there are lots of um, environmental, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to say toxins, but um, environmental um, uh, things that, that could potentially damage our eyes. And UV, UV light is perhaps top on the list because it can not only cause cataracts, it can cause benign growths on the surface of the eye, can damage the cornea, the retina, and even in rare cases cause tumors on the surface of the eye or inside the eye. But um, blue light exposure, blue light comes from our screens. Um, it also comes from the sun, by the way. The, the sun is the highest emitter of blue light, but we get a lot of artificial blue light from our screens and even the bulbs that are in our homes, like um, uh, compact fluorescent bulbs, CFL bulbs, or LED bulbs. These all emit, they may save energy, but they emit a lot of blue light compared to incandescent bulbs. So we're constantly being barraged by all of this blue light and it can cause something called digital eye strain. And maybe you've experienced it. I know I certainly have, and many people have experienced eye strain from being on the screen like for hours on at, at end on a day and during the day, but it can cause dry eyes, eye fatigue, trouble focusing, light sensitivity, and sometimes even headaches. So um, this is a really interesting um, fact that a lot of people don't realize. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm on the screen all day. I'm going to go get blue blockers. Which ones should I get? And I tell them, rather than getting blue blocking glasses, why don't you um, uh, increase your eye's natural blue blocking ability? So there are pigments that are nutrients that get deposited in the back of the eye that can protect our eyes against blue light as well as UV light. And I don't know if you've, you or your audience has ever heard of these, but lutein and zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin are these plant-based pigments. Um, they, you know, they're hard to remember, they're hard to pronounce, but they're really, really important um, pigments, part of the carotene family. Um, they're actually called macular carotenoids, and they can boost your eye's natural ability to filter blue light and filter UV light. So make sure you're having in your diet lots of um, sources of these pigments like green leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, collard greens, any kind of greens basically. Also, egg yolk is a wonderful source of these pigments. You know, that beautiful orange-yellow color of the egg yolk is actually from these pigments, lutein and zeaxanthin. Also, um, other sources include yellow and orange foods like uh, bell peppers, yellow and orange bell peppers or corn. And I do discuss a lot of this in my book, you know, what are the foods that help provide you with the lutein and zeaxanthin that your eyes need to fight off blue light and UV light? Well, also on your website, you have wonderful resources that I think people really should take a look at at DR and then R-A-N-I-B-A-N-I-K, drranibanak.com. You have a lot of free stuff there besides, you know, how to get the book, which is a great idea. Like you have one called Take the Nutrition IQ Test, which talks a lot about what you were just sharing as yes. well. Yeah, so I, I created the Nutrition Ice, an online tool that I created. It goes hand-in-hand hand with the book. So you answer a couple of questions. It takes less than five minutes to do online. And then the, your results will show you which parts of the eye you need to support, whether it's the cornea, the optic nerve, the retina, or the lens. And then there's a code that you'll get with the Nutrition IQ test. And then you find the code in the book, and then you know which foods you should focus on to help you support those various parts of the eye. 
that's a wonderful resource. And how do you feel like, you know, you're talking about foods and my first choice is always foods. But what about if people aren't eating all those colorful foods? How do you feel about just using, let's say, nutritional supplements or also using nutritional supplements, even if you are eating well? Um, so, you know, unfortunately, our diets are not as rich in nutrients as they used to be. Um, and this is because of changes in agricultural practices over the years. The foods that we eat are simply not as nutrient dense as they were maybe, you know, 50, 60 years ago. So even though you may be having a really uh, healthy diet, you know, lots of fruits and veggies, lots of diversity, it's possible that you still may be deficient in certain nutrients. So I'm a huge advocate of taking supplements. Um, I take them myself, I recommend them to my patients, and I would recommend that most people take an, an eye health supplement, um, including lutein and zeaxanthin. Um, it's estimated that in terms of those two nutrients, we need about 6.5 milligrams of lutein every day and one to two milligrams of zeaxanthin every day. And most people are getting less than one to two milligrams of lutein. So there's a big gap there between what our bodies and our eyes need versus what we're actually getting in our diet. So that's why I do recommend, especially because we're on screens all the time and there's so much environmental exposure, um, I do recommend taking an eye health supplement for most people. And I think it's incredible. One of the first studies that I've looked at, and this is several years ago already, the ARAD study was about nutrition for eye health, which was really cutting edge in its day in terms of recommending specific nutrients for any kind of specific health issue. Yes, yes. And the ARAD studies were really milestone studies in ophthalmology. There were two of them, AREDS 1 and AREDS 2. Um, and they used a combination of nutrients, um, about six nutrients. So lutein, zeaxanthin, vitamins C and E and copper and zinc. So those were the six nutrients that are recommended for uh, prevention of macular degeneration. But the studies looked only at macular degeneration. They didn't look at other, you know, the broad range of other eye conditions. So what I recommend is, Eat well, first of all, you know, just to kind of reiterate that, what you mentioned earlier, make sure you're getting a lot of these foods in your diet, but also cons consider taking a complete eye health supplement, not just those specific nutrients, but something that will provide you, maybe a multi that will provide you with all of the other things you need for your eye health. And the other thing I would recommend, um, another category of nutrients that are really important for vision are bioflavonoids. So there are numerous studies that show that bioflavonoids like quercetin, resveratrol, um, broccoli seed extract that has sulforaphanes, um, citrus bioflavonoids, these can all help to keep your eyes healthy. So if you're having a multivitamin, look for a multivitamin that contains bioflavonoids. It's really, really important. Um, and actually, I have, a, I have my own supplement line called Ageless. Um, by Dr. Rani, and I have a multi that's curated for eye health. So it has everything a multi would normally have, like the vitamins, the minerals, antioxidants, but it also has the specific bioflavonoids that have been most researched for eye health. Well, thank you for that. We're going to take another break right here to allow our wonderful station, which is called Progressive Radio Network. You can find it online at prn.live. That's prn.live. But actually, you can find The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z on any podcast that venue that you have, pretty much. It's on all of them, iHeartRadio and this and that. 
And of course, you always can go listen to the archives. So we will be right back with more. And we continue to have our wonderful guest today, Dr. Rudrani Banik, B-A-N-I-K, medical doctor, uh, who is a board-certified ophthalmologist and integrative practitioner. And we will be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. Will you be digitized? The Great Reset wants to digitize you. They want to track and record all of our data, personal, transactional, medical data as it is happening while we are doing it. Real time. Track and record, track and record, real time. Those Great Reset guys, they are way, way out there. How do we stop them from going way, 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 way out there? with us you have to be with humanity and you have to be informed so you have to be with progressive radio voices and that means you are at prn.live To Women Rising Radio on the Progressive Radio Network 24-7. You'll hear voices of women and girls on the cutting edge of leadership, covering the most critical issues around the world. Sundays at noon and podcast on womenrisingradio.podbean.com. Our latest program, the United States controls some 800 military bases in at least 80 countries. Resistance to the U.S. military presence is growing as people around the world want to know why the U.S. is arming and training their country's military forces. And there's growing concern in the United States about the toxic pollution and sexual violence at our military bases, both home and abroad. Women Rising Radio spoke with women exposing the disastrous effects of the U.S. military presence worldwide. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. for The Baseline with me, Jeremiah Hosea, where we talk about culture, politics, the medical freedom conversation, and we take your calls on the people's airwaves. PRN dot live. Are you ready for the Great Reset? Would you like a microchip implant? Or do you want to be downloaded into a microchip? How many implants will each person get? How many downloaded people can fit into one microchip? Is your future afterlife inside of an Elon Musk microchip? Keep listening to Progressive Voices. Get continuing updates. Get real details about the Great Reset on PRN.Live, the home for progressive radio voices.
And we're back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. You can visit our archives and listen to today's show again or tell someone else to who has any kind of eye challenge. Um, what better person would there be to listen to than our own guest, Dr. Rajani Barak? And thank you, Dr. Bonick, so much for being our guest today. Now, an interesting thing that you do that's special is called integrative ophthalmology. How is that different than just general ophthalmology? Oh, great question. So general ophthalmology is really focused on medical and surgical management of eye conditions. So um, seeing something on an eye exam, diagnosing it, and then treating it. What I do is more preventative in nature. So how can we support our eyes so that they don't develop disease in the future? So it's more proactive, and I use the power of nutrition um, lifestyle choices, um, botanical supplements. And in my practice, I also recommend things like red light therapy, infrared light therapy, um, sometimes IVs even, and, um, and then some other modalities that are typically not uh, used in traditional ophthalmology. So I try to bring together my training in the integrative and functional medicine space, and I apply that to eye health. That's really special for those who access that information. And like I said, on your website, you have a lot of those kinds of just wonderful, beautifully done, too. Uh, whoever designed it, it's like very clear, very colorful and fun. So where you can take questionnaires and see if what you're eating is going to be helpful for your eyes or not and how you can improve that as well as you do have the nutrients that you have pur uh, purposely designed to support eye health there for people to look into a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I think if people are educated and you know, most of us take our eyes for granted, we we kind of just assume that we'll be able to see, but when we're not able to see, it can be really debilitating. So I want to educate people across the board, again, the public, as well as my colleagues in ophthalmology and optometry, that we really need to focus more on how can we intervene so that these things don't happen? Like, for example, macular degeneration. Um, you probably have seen lots of ads recently for all these new drugs for macular degeneration, but my goal is to, to um, educate people so that they don't allow their disease to get to that stage where they need to have a drug, where they need to have something, a medication injected into the eye to help control their issues. So um, there's a lot people can do, a lot that's in their control, um, their choices, again, their dietary choices, their lifestyle choices that can help ward off eye disease. Well, you named dry eyes, and that seems to be becoming more and more prolific. I actually went to a dry eye specialist once, and mm -hmm. I found it really helpful. They gave me these little, like, rubber brushes, and mm -hmm. you use a natural compound that combines okra, tea tree oil, and other natural herbal interventions to actually brush under the eyelids. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we need to keep our eyelashes clean or eyelid margins clean to help um, decrease dry eye symptoms. And I love that you mentioned tea tree oil because so most of us have probably heard about the gut microbiome um, or the skin microbiome, um, etc. There's actually an ocular surface microbiome. So there are organisms that live on the surface of the eye that are healthy organisms for the eye, but sometimes those organisms get thrown out of balance, and so there's dysbiosis of the ocular surface, and tea tree oil is a wonderful way to restore a healthy ocular surface microbiome. And 
the tea tree oil can help to um, help to eradicate that as well. So um, there's a lot, you know, when we think about dry eye, it's not just a matter of putting drops in your eyes to lubricate. You really have to think about what's the root cause of the dry eye and what can you do proactively to prevent dry eye from getting worse. I found it amazingly helpful, truthfully. I, I do that program. And it's, you know, pretty easy, but it was brand new. I had never heard about it until I visited that doctor. So I knew you would know about it. That's exactly yeah, the same just, thing you know, that you told me. If you don't have those little, you know, you said you have like little scrub brushes. Even right. if you don't have that, what I would just say is um, there are lots of cleansers that you can buy with tea tree oil in them, like little wipes. So you can just wipe your lids um, maybe once a day, and that will help to promote your eye health. Well, that's really great. Look how many things people learn just from listening to you today. And I suggest you Google listeners, just you can even just Google Beyond Carrots with a wonderful name and you'll see Dr. Bonick's beautiful book and very easy to read. And then you have all this great stuff on your website, um, the questionnaires, lots of handouts in terms of how you eat healthy to support eye health. And one of the great things, Dr. Bannock, as I'm sure you'll agree, is if you're eating healthy for eye health, the rest of your body doesn't know it's only for eye health. You're going to get overall healthier. Oh, that is so true, Nurse Kamai. Um, I'm, so I've seen this happen for so many of my patients. It's really wonderful to watch this happen where they make changes for their vision and then their other medical conditions benefit to the point of some of them even disappear. So, for example, if people start implementing some of these nutritional changes, uh, lifestyle changes, I've had patients who, with diet and lifestyle alone, have been able to get off their blood pressure medications, been able to get off of their diabetic medications. Cholesterol. And cholesterol, and also lose weight. Um, you know, that's such a, you know, a, an added kind of a side benefit of this is um, many people do lose weight. So um, I think, again, as you mentioned, it, the eyes are not just in isolation. They're so connected to the rest of the body. But if you promote your vision health, you will also be supporting your, your whole body health and your brain health as well. I mean, I should point that out because the eye is a direct extension of the brain. And so whatever you do for your vision, you're also going to be supporting your, your brain health, your cognitive health as well. Wonderful information. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And thank you for joining us for another show right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. You can find Dr. Rudrani Bonick just by Googling her book, Beyond Carrots. It's like makes you smile to even look at the cover. And you can always reach us at naturalnurse.com. And we love to have your questions. You can ask us uh, questions about your own health and wellness, and we can certainly provide someone that you can speak to about that. Dr. Zamperone, my co-host, is still actually seeing clients individually. I personally have stopped doing that, but we have all kinds of lectures and workshops that you can attend to learn how to take care of yourself and your family using such things as herbs and nutrition like Dr. Bonick was sharing with us today. So thank you so much, Dr. Bonick, for being our guest. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you again for having me. And thank you, listeners, for joining us once again for another edition of The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z right here on Progressive Radio Network. Best place to find us is at naturalnurse.com. And until next time, this is Ellen Kamai, The Natural Nurse, hoping that you stay healthy. 
Thank <laughs> you.